Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning, where we break down what the Washington team did the day before. And let me tell you, it was not good. It was not good. You're going to hear a lot of uh, not good things said about the team today. I want you to know that we still love the team. We still think the team could get to nine wins. I do. we'll, We'll see. You know, we'll see how that is. Let us know in the comment section how many wins you think are on the table here for Washington after another disaster. Hmm. There's no other way to put it, right? Like, it was just not a good game. Second week in a row, they get shut out in the first half. Yeah. And, it, it, and it, you know, unlike the, the time before, they weren't able to explode on offense. They did shut down the Eagles that second half, Stoner. But they did, and they they shut down the de- you know, Look, the defense, the pass defense was not great. Okay, the run defense was actually fantastic, um, and I thought they handled Jalen Hurts's escapability and his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays and right because we all thought that he was just going to run around all day and just create havoc and all that, and he didn't do any of that. And so they shut down the run game to the to the tune of I believe two point four something yards per carry. So uh, Philadelphia came in as the number one rushing offense, I believe. Right, they had one hundred and eighty one yards the week before mm-hmm. against Minnesota. Right, and they had a whole bunch, obviously, against Detroit in their first game. So they were uh, contained. For the most part. So defensively, I thought they were okay. Pass defense was not great, but it wasn't atrocious. And um, offensively, it was one of the worst offensive performances I've seen in a long time. I know what happened, Stoner. You said, you told us all, Mm -hmm. there's nobody besides ourselves who can stop this offense. Yeah. Is that what happened? Did Washington stop themselves or did Philadelphia do something to make that happen? Well, I think it was for sure it was a combination of the two. Philadelphia was getting pressure. So they were, most of their rushing uh, on Carson Wentz was a four-man rush. So that is their ability to get home. And it was our inability to block them. But for sure, the game plan was not good offensively. The execution was worse than the game plan, and the ability to adjust on the fly was not there. So combination, to answer your question specifically, it was us being bad and it was Philadelphia being good. I mean, they held Philadelphia the week bef- uh, Minnesota the week before to seven points, and that's a potent offense that they have in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. No Trev today. He's working again. Maybe he'll jump in uh, working his shift on the sky bar there. We do have Joe Castro going to come in, hopefully not gloating too much. And uh, he'll give us the Philly side of things. You know, when we did this, you know, before, there was actually some praise coming from the opposing team on uh, from, uh, from Mike last week on how well Washington played. Uh, and aspects of it. So it'll be interesting to hear from uh, uh, from Joe whether or not there's something Washington can, fans can look forward to. Want to give a shout out to those in the chat. We got the Commandalorian. I am sorry that uh, it is not a superhero. 
Uh, we got the hogs or dogs, but maybe we'll get a we'll get some kind of name in there. And I actually hope for the record that the Commandalorian stuff sticks around. We got EPP4 in the house, Doug, Dominic, Neil, Gus Bus, uh, yeah, Schweitzer let us all down. I don't know about nursing an injury. I just don't think that he's there our answer at center. Not at center. I want him Al- out of there with the quickness. Yeah, Alcatone in here as well. Mike Lee, my mom's in the house. Caleb back here. Excellent. Rockman, love, love to see you going commando. Uh, getting getting to watch us live. We appreciate it. Hey, make sure that uh, all of you have liked this video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break this down, do what we can yeah. to to talk about the team doing here. Um, you know, it's, you know. Doug, we are. We're going to try to find even more positives. Defense wasn't dysfunctional like they have been. Signs of getting things working? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, Stoner mentioned even if they were in cruise control, as I saw the com- other comment there in the second half, you 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 stop the run, right? They're, they're, they're a team that's designed to run the ball, Philadelphia is, and you've mm-hmm. stopped it. They rushed 30 times, 72 yards. That's the tune of 2.4, as you mentioned, Stoner. That's putrid. That's, that's that's something Washington can hang their hat on because that was, you know, something. You know, another thing is Jamin Davis, two sacks. Now, there's some talk about those two sacks, and I want to mm-hmm. get this out of the way real quick here. Okay. First one, first one was the uh, – he came charging in, and Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. slides. Jamin Davis is one tapped him uh, while he was on the ground. They mm-hmm. called it a sack. Yep. I have no problem with that being called a sack. I think yep. that's absolutely what it is. He gave he gave him up. He gave himself up because he was about to get rocked by Jamin mm-hmm. Davis. That's right. Plain and simple. That's a sack. The second one, a little bit more controversial for for uh, even more people, is Jamin Davis was the one closest to him as he ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how it works. That's how it works. That's, that's how, how works. the stats are kept. If you go back and look at whoever the League leader was last year. I don't know. Was it TJ Watt? TJ Watt. Go back and look at every single one of his sacks, and I bet you he has one or two where he ran a quarterback out of bounds, and he was the closest to him. That's how it works. Now, if he gets 10 of those in a year, then you can start to say, okay, it's a little bit of a fraudulent stat. But, I mean, uh, you know, whatever. We're not over here saying Jamin Davis is the new uh, Micah Parsons or or Khalil Mack or something in the league. He's not that. He he had a, a couple of good plays. He got a couple of good sacks. Okay. I'm I'm good with all that. I don't think it was controversial. If people want to nitpick on stuff like that, go for it. And all I'll say to them is again, go look at TJ Watts 18 and a half sacks or whatever it was. And I bet you there's one or two in there where he ran a quarterback out of bounds and he was the closest one. You can take yeah. that away too? No, of course not. No, you're going to let it stand there. Al Catone asks, did we hold them to 24 or did they press the brakes? We held them to 24. Scoreboard (laughs) says 24. You know, maybe they could have done a few more pass plays. Thing is, is they didn't. They played it conservatively. And that is honestly like if the offense could have got self-clicking, I think Philadelphia would have been in trouble there. And and maybe that's the the burgundy and gold glasses, you know, that, uh, that we're wearing. Uh, the game didn't play out that way, obviously. Yeah. But Washington did what it needed to do in the second half. The defense did, anyways, to make that a game where if their offense was effective, they could yeah. have come back and at least made it a one-score game. That's yeah. not how it is. And I think in the in the second half, 
even in the fourth quarter, you look at the play chart and you see uh, you see incomplete. This is uh, Philadelphia's offense. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass. So they dropped back to throw three consecutive times and didn't get it. Now, were the receivers running less hard? I mean, who, who's to say? But at least the play calling was not putting the brakes on. They threw three consecutive plays. That was fairly late in the fourth quarter when the score is 24 to 8. So you can say they put the brakes on all you want, but they're still out there throwing. And they threw some long passes in the second half that were not completed. So, again, it's it's easy to say. It's just easy to take an overall view of the game and say, oh, I'm sure that they just let off the gas there, or put the brakes on in the second half. Well, you know, watch the watch the plays, look at the play sheet, go back and watch as much as you can and see that they were not putting their foot on the brake. Maybe after that they may have, because I think they ran like... There, there, there was definitely a, a hefty share of runs there towards yeah, the, right towards the, the end, but that's what you do when you have a lead and you're just trying to get out of the game. Uh, absolutely. And I'm not, and yes, Dominic, that's very much a homework take on my part. Like I said, the burgundy and gold glasses are on there, but the fact remains again, the defense was, you know, you know, even if they put the Philadelphia, put the brakes on the defense was doing what it needed to do to keep Washington in that game. Offense was the one that uh, wasn't coming there. Offense was terrible. Offense was terrible. And Caleb puts the entire loss on the offensive line. We kind of talked about it. We talked about those, uh, you know, Wes Schweitzer not wanting to see him back underneath center. Mm -hmm. What happened? This is a, this is one of the core strengths of the team that we thought we weren't going to have to, we praised the coaching. We praised, you know, you know, we, we, you know, we, you know, we did lose Sheriff and obviously Eric flowers, who's still available. FYI. You know, yeah, you know, but uh, what happened here with the offensive line? Wow, it was it was been it's been brutal for two for two weeks now, not just this week. The the game two against Detroit, they were not very good either. Although Detroit was just bringing all kinds of pressure, Philadelphia was not necessarily doing it. They did have their share of blitzes for sure, uh, but the offensive line it, they weren't good. But it's a combination. It's a combination of the offensive line wasn't good. It's a combination of Carson Wentz was not getting the ball out. There was a lot of instances on his sacks where he was he had guys, he had his checkdowns were there, and he was staring them down and not throwing to them for whatever reason. So it's a combination of that. It was a combination also of Scott Turner. I didn't see the exact uh, quote about Scott Turner there, but Scott Turner was not making the proper adjustments. Mm-hmm. Game one, that game plan against Jacksonville, especially those first two drives that they scored on, was a brilliant game plan, game plan in my opinion. They were two guys in the backfield. They were RPOs. They were quick outs. They were bubble screens. They were things to get Carson warmed up, get him going, get a good rhythm to the offense and, and a, good cor- a, a, a good mixture of running and passing. And so this game was just, it was Scott Turner, it was the offensive line, it was Carson Wentz. And again, because of the ineptitude of the offense, that put a lot of pressure on the defense. And at some point, as well as they did in that first quarter, at some point they're going to crack when they have to keep going back out there every time. Yeah, yeah. we talked a lot about how, you know, you know when 
you're when your defense allows 24 points, you mm-hmm. should be at least competitive. Should in be the in game. the game. Like yeah. you should be in the game. That yeah. just wasn't the case here a second week in a row. Uh, Doug Wentz pocket uh, sense isn't great. Needs to to extend by using the space that opens up when it does. I feel like he did a couple of times last week. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, you're right. I didn't see it, but this this game against Philadelphia, one of the things that they did very effectively was crush the middle. It's one of the things that Washington's pass rush tends to do to teams as well is mm-hmm. if the if the middle gets crushed, there's nowhere to step into the pocket. Mm-hmm. And Wentz was having that problem. And by the time, and this is where you're absolutely right, Doug, by the time he kind of had that sense to get away, the outsides were closed in on yeah, him as well. Right. And he uh, and he couldn't get anywhere. So here, uh, I was going to say, here's a huge problem. Here, here was a huge problem in this game, and hopefully they can fix it. They had a new center, right? West Schweitzer's playing center because they lost uh, the starting center in game two for the year, Chase Ruye. He's gone for the year again, second year in a row. So Wes Schweitzer's playing center. Every single time, every single time, they were using a silent count. Why were they using a silent count? And it was always the same snap count. Mm -hmm. Okay? It was, all right, everybody's lined up. The right guard, Trey Turner, looks back at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz does his leg, says he's ready. Trey Turner takes a second, taps Wes Schweitzer. Wes Schweitzer, 1,001, snap. Philadelphia knew it. Every time it was like, bam! As soon as, as, soon as that happened, there was never a change in the cadence because they were doing the, the uh, silent count. And his snaps were mostly low, And slow. Mm -hmm. Wes Schweitzer either has to fix that or they need to go to uh, this uh, Martin, Nick Martin, that they signed a week ago because he's a natural center. And and move Schweitzer over to right guard for Gus and – and kick Trey Turner to the curb. I mean, he he has not been good. (laughs) He has not been been good at all there. Yeah, that – the Schweitzer thing, it was a compounding issue, right? With the mm-hmm. with the snap count never changing, so Philadelphia knew what was coming, and the fact that those those snaps were low, mm-hmm. like you already have them charging as soon as that ball gets snapped, and because they're prepared for that, yeah. and then Carson Wentz has to take that extra half a second yeah. to pick that ball up. There's just no time. That's huge. That half a second. If you remember that one, the second fumble that they ended up that Washington ended up covering, recovering. Uh, he just had that half a second as he's getting ready to go back, and Hassan Reddick reached across and and knocked the ball. If he has that half a second, he he either gets rid of it or he's stepped up by then and gone past that outside rusher. Those half seconds, those little things make all the difference in the NFL when you've got just incredible athletes on the other side of the ball trying to rip your head off. And so all of that combination of, of the silent count, of no change in cadence, of a backup center, of low snaps, of a Carson Wentz who looked like, uh, you know, he looked like a rookie quarterback, um, of a coordinator who was not making adjustments on the fly, and a defense who was hungry and coming after him with everything they've got. All of that combines to zero points for a half and and that's what you get 
And so as much as we praise Scott Turner in game one, which he did a magnificent job in game one, he's got to do something and, and fix what's going on right now. I believe he can fix it, and I believe he hears the noise, and he will make adjustments. Will those adjustments lead to better results? You got to hope so with this. Uh, we, you know, we've talked about how explosive this team can be with the three wide receivers who are just absolutely lightning quick. Yeah. You know, something's got to change here. I'm going to bring back this comment up from uh, Mike Lee from all the way from the uh, the beginning here. I still say we need to, ch- uh, to all chill. There's only been three games yeah. now after 10 weeks and we're here at one and nine and we should all be calling for a new head coach. I absolutely agree. We, I agree. Th- there is still time here. You know, this is this is something that I've seen from a lot of fans here, and we try not to fan police, fan how you want. We get that it's mm. very excitable. It's very you're we're all very aggravated here. We're one and two. The season is very long. This team could be two and two next week. I'm not saying it's a great shot mm. that they beat Dallas, but it is mm. a chance to beat Dallas, and they could be at two and two. Calling for yeah. the head coach change now doesn't make sense to me. You know, kind of like we were talking about, you know, J, you know, I get that some people are like, we've seen this stuff for three years. We said the same thing for Jack Del Rio, right? You've seen it for three years. Well, you know, we're we're seeing improvement. Let them play out the season. You know, we still have a chance here, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and uh, let's let's think back to last year, right when this team started off one and two. Right, they lost to the Chargers. They beat the Giants on a controversial um, kick. I think that was Monday night, or was it Thursday night? It was a, was Thursday, it a Thursday night. night? That's a game yeah. you you were at, right? Yeah, Jazz and I took uh, club level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So controversial win on that because they had an offsides on defense on a missed game winning kick, and then he made the game winning kick. Week three. If you remember, last year was Buffalo. We went into Buffalo and got humiliated. Shellacked. Shellacked by a much better team, right? And the world was crumbling and people were calling for Ron's head and Jack Del Rio because I think they get, I don't know what the score was, 44-10, something like that. I try not to remember that game too much. (laughs) Exactly. So, right, and Josh Allen is on his way to, uh, you know, top five MVP finish. Very similar to what we just went through this week, right? And we're all going into week four. We're going to Atlanta, who was two and one, and we were like, the season's over. We There's no possible way this team can win. Taylor Heineke is terrible. Let's fire everybody. And what did they do? They went into Atlanta and won. Now, Atlanta's no... No super not a world beater, yeah. Right. But I don't think Dallas is either. So when we have to go to Dallas this week, and we'll see how they play tonight uh against New York. But we went into Atlanta with everybody hating the team and everybody against the team and fire everybody and everybody sucks. And they went in and won a football game and went two and two. Now I think they lost their next five, right? But but I'm just saying that we can't call it a season. This early, it's a week-to-week league. Look at all the teams that won this week that had no business winning. Indianapolis had no business beating Kansas City. Yeah, right? after after getting shut out by Jacksonville the exactly. week before. Right, and just some of these scores. I mean, 
uh, Jacksonville went into the Chargers in L.A. and just smoked them up and down the field. So just it's a week to week league. We this. I team, mean, the Giants are still undefeated. That yeah. might change tonight. I what personally hope it doesn't. What was um what was their record after the bye last year, or you know coming out of the bye and playing against Tampa? Weren't they two and six, right? Because two and they, six, they had, something they like had, that. They had the four game winning streak that made them six and six, and everyone started talking about can they pull it off? Right. Can they get to the playoffs? And then the wheels fell off again. Yeah. So they were they were two and six going into Tampa to play the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I don't even remember if it was at home or on the road, but it was against Tampa and the defending Super Bowl champions and Tom Brady, and they were on a four game losing streak. And, and the world is crumbling. And they went and they beat Tampa Bay. And then they beat Seattle during that streak. And they beat Carolina, I believe, and I don't remember who the fourth team is. But then they went on a four-game win streak. And then it, the wheels fell off because of everything with the injuries and with yep. COVID and all that other. You know, you're starting uh, – what, what was that guy's name that started? Gilbert Grape. Gilbert, That's who yeah. I called him. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah. So just everybody's just got to kind of chill out a little bit. Now you're right. We don't want to tell you how to fan, but you know this is just kind of advice. Then, yeah, chill out a little bit. It's Take a, week a couple to week deep breaths. Lead. Yeah, let's look at it again after week seven. And if they're one and six, then I'll be right there with you, firing everybody. But now is not the time. Now is not the time. And and that's kind of Gus Bus here. You know, we're sticking with Rivera while Roseman pushed Super Bowl winning Peterson out the door and reset with Serrani. But let's stay the course. Here's the thing, Gus Bus. I'm I got myself in trouble with a lot of fans prior to the season for saying that Ron could be potentially out after this season. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's starting to kind of come out and try to cut Ron right now. I'm not saying Ron's job is safe. I'm just saying it's week three. Let the season play out. Yeah, you, exactly. By, we, by all means, if the season ends up one in 16, <laughs> you got to cut ties with yeah. Ron Rivera. Like that's, yeah. that's, you got, you have to. And that's one of the things that I talked about when it came to Carson Wentz. This is the same kind of deal. This is, you know, Ron Rivera has tied his, uh, his coaching career here in Washington to Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. If Carson Wentz, has games like he did, continues to have games like he did here against Philadelphia, you're not going to keep Carson Wentz, but you're also not going to keep Ron. You know, but if both can thrive here, then you can continue continue seeing that. And the thing is, is Wentz is essentially on a one-year, $28 million contract. They don't owe him anything after this year. Mm-hmm. And if you want to change it up next year, you can and change it up with a new coach and everything. Go find that offensive guru that's maybe going to be able to use these wide receivers uh, the way that they can be, and we'll see what happens. But that's all problems for future Commanders fans. That's right. You know, We'll worry about that later. Right now, we want to focus on what can we do to improve this team for the next week? What went wrong yesterday? What went right yesterday, Stoner? Let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk more about the positive. Sure. Sure. What did you see, you know, that was positive about this team yesterday? Well, I know it's hard. 24 and eight's not a great score. Yeah. But it happens. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, uh, I mean, there were some positives. I mean, but we're not, we're not like sugarcoating it. We're not looking at it with burgundy and gold glasses. 
We're not drinking the Kool-Aid, but there were some positives. I thought they ran the ball well. They didn't run it enough, but they ran the ball effectively to the tune of, I believe, four yards a carry, 22 for 87, I believe, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, which is okay. So they ran the ball decently. Um, And I think uh, defensively, they stopped the run. I was impressed with that. And Benjamin St. Juice really shined yesterday. He played, yeah, the lockdown. He he played very well. So, and the and the special teams did not put the offense in bad positions. Yeah, they only had one return, and that was on the free kick, uh, which Millen returned twenty nine yards, which was pretty good. He had a good return. So otherwise, they didn't have any screw ups. The the punt and kick coverage, although the kick coverage was only twice i believe the whole game because they didn't score hardly at all um but the punt coverage and then the uh, yeah the punt coverage was really good uh they didn't allow their guy to to run i mean so are are those things that are going to win games no not really however they were things that happened that were positives during that game there are there are more positives than the fact that the the embarrassment only lasted three hours. That's <laughs> that's uh, though that is nice when the game gets over quick. When you're losing that bad, it is nice to have have uh, the game there. Um, yeah, Bonafide, we're all with you. The O line was just god awful yesterday. Uh, we'll have to see if we can't get that fixed, especially with Micah Parsons coming to town next week. Not that I want our uh, our Dallas fan Shady Katie here to. Uh, to hear that and ep is absolutely right it wasn't just the o-line there was more problems that were there we'll get to those here in a little bit but but we do have joe castro joining us to give us the philadelphia side of the story maybe he'll have something good to say about the team like we had uh, mike talking good about the uh you know about us after the Detroit loss, but we'll see here. Welcome, Joe Castro, to the channel. Thanks for for jumping on here with us from the Philly Philly podcast. How's it going, my man? I can't complain. I have I have zero complaints. I am I am a very happy man right now. I think a lot of people uh, that love the Philadelphia Eagles are very happy people right now as well. So it's a good day. How you guys doing? All right, man. Not as good as you, Joe. Not <laughs> as good as you. You want me to make them big screen? Yeah, we can go ahead and make them <laughs> yeah, big yeah, screen yeah. here. The, um, You're better at it than me, so. Oh, yeah, so here we go. Uh, Joe, were you one of the thousands of Philadelphia fans to storm FedEx? I was not. I did not make it to the game. It, it, it was beautiful to see how it basically became uh, the link. But, yeah, no, I, I was not out there. I wish I could have made it. I know my boy Carmi was out there. I know you guys know George yeah. as well, so I know he was out there. But wish I could have made it. Some content creators did, though. There was a couple of them out there. Was now, uh was JC was JC out there? Is that who I said? I don't know, but uh, yeah, well, they took over. They yeah. uh, the fans took over. That's not uncommon. This happens uh, a lot. I can I can remember specifically in 2018 when Philly fans completely took over the stadium, which was worse than this week. And and as fans, I don't I don't hate it so. I mean, I hate it, but we're kind of <laughs> used to it. We're used to it, Joe. This happens all the time. 
Well, with Eagles, for Eagles fans, we travel very well. So mm-hmm. this isn't the only stadium that we're going to pack. You know what I'm saying? We did it with Detroit. And this is what we do. We just, especially if it's as close, obviously, as Washington is, it's not a far trip. So I wasn't really surprised to see as many Eagles fans as there was out there. Um, I'm kind of surprised that, there, that there's not more. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was kind of hoping there was even more. But you guys had to go on a silent count. It was it was more than just having the fans out there in that experience. It was, it definitely affected the game. And, you know, shout out to Nick Sirianni, our head coach, because he kind of called us fans out and asked for it. So he got what he yeah. asked for. Yeah. Tour busts of people coming down from Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, as, uh, as our people have talked about there in the chat, their FedEx field now, Little Link. It's become Link DC. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was pretty bad. Now, one of the questions that our our listeners had earlier was, did Washington in the second half stop Philadelphia or did Philadelphia put the brakes on themselves? What? How do you feel about that? I think that it's a combination of both. I, I think that the, the Eagles did definitely like lack a lot of aggression in the second half. And that's kind of been a story of the Philadelphia Eagles over the past three weeks. Uh, defensively, it, it showed a lot in the first week. And then obviously these last two weeks, you didn't really need points. Uh, but it, it has been something that our offense kind of takes the foot off the pedal a little bit and we try to run it. But to your credit, you stopped us running like we did not run on you at all. And that what was that was what we were trying to do. We were trying mm-hmm. to end the game by just running it down your throats. And you guys didn't allow that. So at the end of the day, you do get credit for stopping them. But as an Eagles fan, you're kind of, I don't even want to say concerned because I don't think we're concerned, but you start looking at it and you're like, okay, second half, let's not take our foot off the pedal as much. Let's try and stay aggressive, try and, you know, finish drives, finish, finish games on the field and not have to worry about our defense having to go out there and stop you multiple times, you know, in the, in the uh, red zone as we did with the Washington football uh, commanders. That's it's, that's why I brought it up. Cause we did that to you guys uh, a couple times in this game, but uh, <laughs> all right, Jill, let's get, uh, let's get controversial here. Okay. okay we okay. had, we had a tweet yesterday oh, after the game where we said that, well, when I say we, Joe, I mean me. It's, okay? it's a collective okay. way. You, it's we, a collective we, can, we, we but, uh, you know, I said this one. I said that I was not impressed by Jalen Hurts this game. I was super impressed with the receivers. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed with Jalen Hurts. Was Jalen Hurts good? Jalen Hurts was fine. Jalen Hurts was probably better than fine, Okay. He was, he was pretty good. You can look at his stats, and he was amazing, okay? But I was not impressed with him. And I'm going to kind of throw a couple of things, a couple of stats out here, okay? It was probably a terrible tweet in terms of everybody attacked saying, uh, well, Carson Wentz, what about him? Well, I didn't say anything about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was trash. Carson Wentz, I'd say he was terrible, right? He was the worst quarterback in the NFL last week. But. I went through and looked at every single throw that he had last uh, uh, yesterday, and especially his completions, all right? Now, I singled out five that were either above average or really good. Well, you know what I mean? Way up there, okay? Five of them. One was that first long completion to Devontae Smith down the right side that, by the way, was not a completion. Okay? 
It wasn't, okay? And if you want to say that was a good throw, okay, but Devontae Smith made an incredible play to catch Definitely. that ball. But it wasn't a catch, okay? In the in the stats, it was a catch. But it, he didn't catch it inbounds, okay? The, uh, the ball to the left side to A.J. Brown, okay, which was uh, contested. It was a 50-50 ball. It was a floater. A.J. Brown, greater than sign, Kendall Fuller. Okay, he made a play over um, Kendall Fuller. I shouldn't be talking this much because you're our guest, but hear me out. (laughs) He had a 10 yard pass in the middle of the field to uh, to uh, Devontae Smith. Then he had the deep throw right before halftime down the middle, which was a contested catch again. Devontae Smith, greater than sign, Kendall Fuller. Okay, you see a theme here. Receivers made plays. And then he had the 17-yard pass to your backup tight end who turned it into like a 40-yard game. Those are the five throws that I thought were decent to better than decent. And here's the rest of the throws. These are not the result of the play, but these are the air yards that he had on the throws. Five yards, four yards, one yard, negative five yards, which was the screen pass touchdown to Dallas Goddard that went for 23 yards. It was five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Woo, whoop de doo okay? But he gets credit. <laughs> All right, great. Six yards, three yards, one yard, two yard, negative two, three, two, seven, one, uh, one, minus four, minus seven, minus one. Those were his throws, okay? Taylor Heineke can make those throws. He can make those plays. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is not good. I'm not saying the improvement from – Year one to year three, I think this is for him, is not incredible. And he could be a top five MVP guy. I just wasn't impressed. Tell me what I'm missing after that five-minute soliloquy. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really don't think that we went into this game thinking that Jalen Hurts was going to put on his Hall of Fame resume that he beat Washington in 2022. So realistically, I think all that is awesome. What we wanted to see out of uh, of Jalen Hurts, and I think that when I say this, you'll kind of realize that you don't have this in a Carson Wentz who's older, is that he takes those easy plays, right? He understands mm-hmm. that there are easy plays. One right. thing that makes Tom right. Brady a great quarterback, and I'm no in no way comparing Jalen Hurts to Tom Brady. I want to make that mm-hmm. very cl- clear. But, you know, one thing that makes him so great is that he understands that there's going to be a play after the play he's running. You have to sometimes take those negative five yards and let yeah. your top – top three, top four, top five, depending who you ask, tight end going out there and make a play. You, right. And honestly, those those plays, I think, you know, you said that uh, Taylor Heineke can make those plays. I, I kind of beg a differ. I think that those negative five-yard plays, those quick screens, those throws into the middle of the defensive and offensive line are some of the toughest throws in the NFL. You have to not only trust yourself to put it exactly where it needs to be, but you need to trust your, your receiving, you know, tight end, uh, running back, whoever it is, that they're going to be where they need to be. You need to trust that these uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex defensive linemen that they're putting out right now doesn't put his arm out and get a finger on it. So there's so many things that can go wrong. And honestly, I, I am on the opposite spectrum of that. I think that seeing him be able to do that, I think that that says a lot about who, who Jalen Hurts has become as a, a quarterback. My biggest worry going into this year, and I'm not here to say that he's finished. I, I don't think in any way that this, you know, puts a mark on, oh, he's there. He's that guy. I think that as Eagles fans, I think that the franchise, I think that his agent 
all want to see him continue to have a good year and continue to play at this level because obviously he can't get a contract till the end of the year, right? So it, it is what it is. He has to have the best resume built up. I'm not saying he's there, but I'm saying that this is a big jump from what he was last year. I felt like mm. last year he keyed in on certain players, certain, you know, weapons that he had. This year, you're looking at one day it's Devontae Smith, the next day it's, uh, you know, and uh, wow, I can't even think of half of our players at this point. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, every AJ day Brown. it's A.J. Brown. I'm yeah. thinking like Antonio Brown. I don't know why that was stuck in my head. <laughs> right. I, it's that you he's on – He's on every Instagram reel. He's on everything. It's so annoying. Uh, Except yeah, on the football field. It really is. But yeah, seriously, right? Uh, but no, you look at you look at AJ Brown. You look at Devontae Smith. One day it's them. What's then? One day it's it's your Dallas Goddard. One day it's your running game winning. And and one thing that I will say. I'm glad that you guys shut down our running game because that was one question I had for Jalen Hurts as well. Can he win when you don't have your, your running backs going for 300 yards collectively and when you're not having a good running game? So I think that this answered a lot of questions, but by no means am I here to tell you, look, we got that guy. You know, he, he's going to – I wouldn't even say that this gets you a, an extension. I, I think that this is another great building block to what you are trying to show at the end of the year. So that that's – really all I think this is. This was more of an emotional win for the the fan base because mm -hmm. it's like we hate your quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, <laughs> for Hertz, I think this is just a very, very uh, good little boost on his resume. And it, yeah. it made me a believer. I, I, you know, there was a lot of times that I was very, very down and very uh, critical of Jalen Hurts last year. And I think it's fair. And I think a lot of Eagles fans are understanding that. But at the same time, this is just like, this is what we wanted you to do. You don't have to go out there and be Brady. We, you don't have to go out there and be Josh Allen. We don't need that. We just mm -hmm. need you to go out there and orchestrate this offense. And I feel like he's been doing it beautifully. Yeah, the uh, I'm a little higher on Jalen Hurts than most. Um, I I will agree. You know, he wasn't necessarily all that impressive yesterday, based off of you know those throws that I said. line, line him I up said. there. I mean, but what's impressive? But, getting but a, getting. A I will win? tell you, you one know, of the things that's, that's that was impressive, <laughs> Joe, was the when he made the audible at the line on the AJ Brown touchdown. You know, mm -hmm. he yeah. saw something. He, you know, you Devonte Smith was just like, "What are you talking about?" Like he was just like, "I don't understand what you're doing." Like he got him in lined up and got that touchdown. So those are the things that I think are impressive. I think that he's his leadership is impressive, and I do think that this is somebody who who Philadelphia can rely on. It's interesting to hear from you that you're you're not ready to give that that contract extension. And that was what right. Gus Bus here was kind of asking: is do you know do, you know? Do you sign him to a contract extension after this year if he continues to play in the fashion that he has, you know, these first three games? Right. Yeah. Right oh, yeah. now, the, the season just ended. Joe, are you giving him a contract extension? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if he, if he stays on this trajectory, I think that it would be foolish of the Philadelphia Eagles to, to pass on him, you know, regardless of team success, to be honest. I think that he just has to be consistent. That's all. I, it's not that, you know, because the season doesn't end right now. We unfortunately don't have the option to bet on him right now. You know what I'm saying? We do have to wait. So I, I think if he stays on this trajectory, I think any team would be willing to give him that money. He's got the age on his side. He's got the obvious, you know, resume building right now on his side. So if he's a, the numbers that he's, I don't have them in front of me, but the number he's projected to, to, you know, hit at the end of the year are probably like record breaking in some areas, mm -hmm. the combination of running and passing and just the touchdowns, you know, compared to the interception. So 
yeah, I, I mean, it would be foolish to, to pass on him if season ended right now. I, I'm excited for what he's going to be. My my main thing was that this is not the end for him. You know, this was not it. This is not the only thing that mm. you're going to grade him on. Yeah, and you asked, like, uh, you know, who is impressive or or what what is impressive. And, and I watched some of these guys just throwing dimes all over the field and, and dropping in these beautiful touch passes, right? And, and I didn't see that. And I'm, I'm not saying he's not capable of it. But in this game, when I watched every single play, I don't watch every single play every week, right? I'm not yeah. a Philadelphia guy. I watch <laughs> every single play of Washington every single week, two, three times. But I don't watch Philadelphia. So I watched this game. I watched every single play of Jalen Hurts. And I just wasn't impressed with his throws. His incompletions were bad. They were thrown into coverage. Uh, you know, we're over here praising Benjamin St. Juice who, you know, you may not know who he is, but he's he was number 25, who had like five breakups because Jalen Hurts threw into his coverage when he had a guy blanketed, and he just kept throwing it there. So it was, it was things like that 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 caused me to say I'm not, I wasn't impressed. And that's all. I wasn't I wasn't trying to say he was bad. I wasn't trying to say he was he's worse than Carson Wentz. But I digress <laughs> onto uh, another subject real quick. Uh, do you? Look at your team right now. Obviously, one of only two undefeated teams, depending on what the Giants do tonight. Could be three. Do you look at this team as a Super Bowl contender right now? Um, Again, obviously, it's trajectory. It's only three weeks in the, into the season. But I, I would say so. I think you look around the, the NFL and you look at what we've been able to do. I think we've been one of, if not the most consistent team as far as, you know, the playing the game, you know, as far as going out there, winning games convincingly, I think we're one of the only NFL teams that can really say we've done that three weeks in a row. So um, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, bet on it, but I, I definitely think that we have the tools if we can stay on this trajectory and stay healthy and everything goes right. I definitely think we can make some noise. I, I don't want to say Super Bowl, but I definitely think we can make some noise. I'm hype about this team. I don't know about decisively. That game against Detroit, it looked like more of a toss-up than decisively on that, on that <laughs> I mean, one. It but, came down to the wire. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, along those lines, Scotty here wants to know, which upcoming game scares you the most? Uh, I guess if we're talking like, you know, near future, I would probably say the Cardinals. You never know what's going to happen out there. I know they're dealing yeah. with a lot of things. I haven't really been able to look into that, but I know they're dealing with some stuff. But I guess the Cardinals, um, if Dallas gets Dak back, that will be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, and this is not to sound like, you know, I think we're the best team. in the I don't think we have that tough of a schedule. So I wouldn't say that any of these games really concern me. I'm a little bit concerned about the Jaguars. They've been looking decent, you know, and Doug Peterson used to be our coach. So who knows how that's going to go? I think every game has its own little unique challenge, but I'm not really afraid uh, of any team. I think, I think we can handle ourselves with almost any team. Is that who you got this week is Jacksonville? And where is we it? Do. We do. We have Jacksonville. Unfortunately, it's not in Jacksonville. Well, maybe fortunately, because we got a tornado coming out here, a hurricane. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm, I, it's in Philadelphia. I wish it was out here so I could go see it. But, uh, but yeah. So it, I think we'll go out there and, and handle business. I think we'll, you know, being home, just the atmosphere. I think mm. we'll take Jaguars out, and it'll be interesting just seeing Doug Peterson back. And they have played some good football, but 
I, I'm not too, too worried about them. <laughs> I'm not too worried. So wait a minute. You're in Jacksonville? I'm in Tampa. So not oh, too far. Tampa. Not okay, too gotcha. far. Yeah. Stoner yeah. always likes to bring up uh, his his uh, life in Jacksonville and then brings up his high school that was named after the guy who started the KKK. And I still don't understand why he likes to tell that story. <laughs> hey, I didn't I bring it up in Jacksonville. Time. I used to live in Jacksonville. I used to live out there for like six years. I used to live out there for like six years. I used to work at a country club where Tim Tebow were, uh, lived. It was, it was pretty uh, wait cool. Wait a minute. That's in... Um... Oh. All right, Stoner, while you're thinking of that, I'm going to make sure you guys see your guys' little at symbols. You guys can have that Jacksonville side love (laughs) at another time here. Uh, We're going to move a little bit back to the game at hand. You know, Stoner wasn't impressed with Jalen Hurts, but for you, was there anything you you were impressed with with Washington's play? Give us a little hope. Give us us some hope. Yeah, please. The way you guys were able to stop our running game is is impressive. I mean, you guys definitely, obviously the score kind of distracted everybody from that. And over the week, I'm sure we'll start to kind of digest that. But that's the one thing that kind of really stuck out to me. You guys did shut us down. And it's not like we didn't try. Like, you know, (laughs) it's not like we didn't try to run. Mm. We tried to run the ball. So I think we had like 30 attempts for like just under 80 yards. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, but it 30, was 30 for 72. The longest was 13 yards by Miles Sanders. That was something that Washington struggled with in the weeks prior was giving up those big plays to include running, uh, uh, rushing plays. Didn't happen. So, yeah, that's. I, I was very surprised. Yeah, I was very surprised. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. We're a very, very, very good running team, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people would agree there. Like that we kind of probably hold our hat on our running game. And for you guys to just shut us down, I think that was something to definitely be proud of. But that goes back to Jalen Hurts. That just kind of impressed me that he was able to still uh make things happen, even though, you know, because at the end of the at the end of the day, going for it on fourth down and it's a throw, it's a passing play. That says a lot about the confidence you have in your quarterback, especially because the running game was just not ending the game. Mm. That play did. So I think that says a lot. Mm. Mm. What, no. When do we have Philly again? Week 10? Is that right? Not for a while. Yeah, it's going to be wait. a hot minute. And y'all coming to our house. Y'all coming yeah, to yeah. our house. <laughs> it's going to be a different – we're going to be a different team come week 10, come the second uh, time around. Yep. This team's going to figure it out with Carson Wentz and all these weapons that we have on offense. We're going to figure it out. And we're going to come in there and kick your ass. <laughs> it, is, it is week 10, the 14th fun. of November. We'll see. One last question from the uh, from the comment section here from Gus Bus. Does Devontae Smith have a higher ceiling than A.J. Brown? That's a great question. That's a really, really good question. I, I would really have to think about that. That sounds like a video I'm going to have to do. That is a great question. I, I you know. It depends on what you're what you're looking for. I think that they're both totally different wide receivers, right? Like, I feel like what you get in A.J. Brown, you would never ask Devontae Smith to do. I definitely get what you're saying, though. I feel like Devontae Smith could be that big play guy, mm-hmm. um, and he's obviously younger, obviously has a lot longer to go. Um, I, w- I don't want to say he has a bigger ceiling. I think that he can be just as great, if not better, but I wouldn't say it's a higher ceiling. I think that they both can be great wide receivers depending on the the um system that they're in and i think that we fit perfectly i think that was a a very 
professional answer way to kind of get around it. You know? <laughs> well, we're going to have to catch when you actually release the video on your full answer for that one. Yes, Joe, <laughs> where can our, uh, if we have a, the inkling, maybe before week 10 to catch uh, what you have to say about our Washington commanders, where, where do you produce your content? Yeah, uh, you can catch me on YouTube. You can catch me on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. Just look up Philly Philly, the podcast. Uh, my social medias are at Philly Philly TP. Uh, so definitely check it out. Uh, and definitely shameless plug. Definitely check out my job as well. Fanfield.io co-founded by Michael Vick. I interview a bunch of athletes and uh, former current, you know, co collegiate athletes, everything like that. So definitely go show love. It's not just about the Eagles. We're doing some cool things. So I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It's always an honor, always a fun time. And, and I'm glad that I was able to gloat a little bit. It always feels good. Yeah, yeah. Hold on to it because you don't get to keep it all year. We're coming for you. <laughs> Things might change in November. We'll see. But, Joe, we do appreciate you jumping on. Again, you can catch him on Philly Philly, the podcast, and fan side. All that from Joe Castro. Doing some great things out there. Appreciate Big you stuff. coming here on Ref the District. Big stuff, Joe. Appreciate you. Well, you know, that was at least we got one positive. I know that uh, some of our listeners had laughed at the uh, the question there. Hawk TV thought that was a pretty funny question to get some of that positive sides. But it's always yeah. good to kind of get that from from your opponent. Like, what what is it that uh, who, who gives it? You know, who, that was impressive. And I, I agree with them. That run game, we talked about it beforehand. One of the yeah. most impressive things there. What did we uh, give up against Detroit the week before, like 181, something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. ridiculous. I mean, 100 of that was on those two plays. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to kind of think about there. One of the things that was less than impressive when it came to the defensive line work was somebody that people are really starting to hound on, and that's Montez Sweat. Yeah. Kind of no-showed yet again. You know, we've been kind of highlighting the fact that he's at least bringing pressures, not really getting to the quarterback yeah. Where do you stand on Montez Sweat? Yeah, right now, Montez Sweat is playing like um, he's playing like, I would say, like a Brian Arakpo, or not even that good. He's playing like Preston Smith. Mm -hmm. He's playing a good defensive end play. But you don't, I mean, fine. That's great. You can go play good defensive end with another team. We There's plenty of, Montez Sweat, what he's done this year. There's plenty of those guys out there that aren't going to cost you $15 million a year or whatever he's up for this coming year. So unless he starts, you know, making game-changing plays, you know, wrecking some uh, offensive plays and, and stuff, then, I mean, he's just an average defensive end. He's not terrible. He's just he's just okay. He, he does his job. Uh, I, he sets the edge pretty well. I've seen that many times where nothing's coming, kind of coming around him, but he just doesn't make plays. He doesn't make game change. And that was Preston Smith when he was here. Preston mm -hmm. Smith was fine. He was pretty good, but we let him go because he didn't, he wasn't a game changer. Yeah. Had played very serviceably for Green Bay too. So, I mean, and yeah. uh, Arakpo had a couple decent games out in Jacksonville after leaving uh, Washington. And that might be the same case here for Montez Sweat. I'm, yes. I really thought that this was going to be the year. And granted, I thought last year was going to be the year too that Montez Sweat was going to turn the corner and be, you know, somebody who's going to get easily double digit sacks, maybe, you know, in the mid teens there to yeah. kind of be a force. And that's just not coming to fruition. And I really, you know, 
we thought maybe Sam Mills was the problem. It seems like maybe that's just the cap. Now, Stoner, one of the things I have to go with this is Montez Sweat was also a first-round pick. Not only was a first-round pick, he was someone Washington moved back up to, so it cost mm-hmm. some picks to go pick up. He's not getting quite the same level of vitriol that Jamin Davis is getting yeah. after after one year. Why is that? Is Montez Sweat just, you know, I mean, he's had some good seasons, like I said, mm-hmm. not great though, but he's no one's ever really pinned it on him that he was a first rounder and he's just not playing up to that talent. So why is that? Well, I think that has to, that has to do with who picked him, right? Because the uh, Montez Sweat is not a Rivera uh, draft pick, right? Um, Jamin Davis is. And it just also comes down to the guys who picked Jamin Davis, Rivera and Jack Del Rio are linebackers, right? And he was a surprise pick. Everybody thought he was a reach. Whereas a guy like Montez Sweat was, oh my gosh, he's still available at, what was it, 28th or something like that. He's still there. Let's go back and get him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jamin Davis was like, why are we taking this guy if we're taking a linebacker? So I think it's a combination of those things. And by the way, I thought Jamin Davis played pretty well yesterday. And yeah. we're starting to get off of the, oh my God, Jamin Davis is playing terrible uh, narrative because he's not playing terrible. We Now we're going to train our eyes on those who are playing terrible and he's not one of them. So that's a good sign. He should be playing better as the 19th pick, uh, but he's not right now. Yeah, and I think by the way, they want him to play like Micah Parsons, and that's yeah, just not, yeah. not the it's case. It's not going to happen. And by the way, the uh, defensively, when we're talking about all these holes that we had defensively, which is cornerback, right? You see what's happening at the corner position when when a guy, William Jackson the third goes down, and everybody was like, yes, we hate him. We don't want him to play anyway. And then you get a free agent training camp cut from the Jets onto your team out there starting and he's just getting abused by the other team. You got to be careful what you wish for, but that goes back to why didn't they take a corner instead of a defensive tackle in the first, in the second round? Why didn't they take a corner instead of a, a running back in the third round and things like that? That's where people are getting on Ron Rivera and getting on the Marty's and getting on the whole, you know, what is this roster looking like when things start to break down? You've got Wild Goose out there playing when you shouldn't. And you've got these two linebackers that everybody hates. And you didn't pick up another linebacker. You didn't draft a linebacker. All these things. So that's where that that whole, uh, you know, Ron's got to go. The Marty's got to go. Jack Del Rio's got to go. They don't know how to evaluate talent and select talent. So, they, they, uh, they waited and they kept are. waiting in, in free agency. So they weren't getting some of the, the bigger names. Not that I think the big names are what's going to make the impact there. Yeah. Now um, you mentioned, you know, other people were playing terrible and we're going to nitpick them. Kendall Fuller was getting picked on yeah. yesterday and uh, a lot of fans are joining Trev and uh, their hate for, for Kendall Fuller. Yeah. I thought, you know, when you look at some of those catches that he's given up, he was in the right spot. And I, and there was a comment mm-hmm. earlier. I, I, it's too far up now to scroll to find it. But there was a comment about how, you know, he's not turning around and looking for the ball. I don't mm-hmm. think he's 
you know, trained to do that, right? I think because if you look at it, he's watching the receiver, and when the receiver goes That's up right. for the catch, he's trying to go up and 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 disrupt and the away. ability That's to right. catch the ball, and he's just not been able to do that. Yeah. Kendall Fuller's play. Are you worried about that? You know, going forward, I'm not. I'm not. He's a serviceable corner. He's not great. He's not terrible. And and as far as the way uh, looking back at the ball or whatever, I mean, look at all of St. Juice's plays yesterday when he was breaking plays up. Mm-hmm. He was facing the receiver, not the quarterback, and he was doing that. As soon as he see the receiver go to get it, you know, he'd he'd knock it away. That's kind of the style that that they're teaching guys nowadays. That you just watch the receiver the whole time and knock the ball away. But Fuller was definitely picked on. He was in position to make plays. He just didn't make them. There was the A.J. Brown play on the left side that we talked about where it was a 50-50 ball. Their guy won it, right? And even even, uh, Kendall went through his arms, Mm -hmm. but A.J. Brown had the stronger hands and held on to the ball. Great play by A.J. Brown. And the pass over the middle, the deep one down the middle, he was there. Devontae Smith just high-pointed the ball, made a better play. And then the touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Kendall Fuller was right there. But their guy was better than our guy. Made the play. Yeah. So I'm not so worried about Fuller. And by the way, uh, (laughs) Trev sent in a couple of videos, right, Mm -hmm. from his time at the uh, stadium yesterday. And one of the videos he he was recording when they were um, announcing the players, you know, before the game and the smoke and all that stuff. And he was recording during the DBs uh, being uh, announced. And it was uh, Forrest, Derek Forrest. And he's like, Defoe! And he's yelling and everything. Then it was uh, Cam Curl. And he's like, Curl, yeah, yeah. And then it was Kendall Fuller. And he goes, boo! He's trash! He's trash! Now I'm thinking, At least oh he's sticking God. with it. At least he's sticking with it. You probably shouldn't boo your team. Your own team. Yeah, but uh, again, we're you know you, you we're fanatics. We're going to get into it, and Trav <laughs> definitely has it out for Kendall Fuller. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move it along here. I'm interested. I don't even remember which dollar oh, dollar bets wow. we did. Let's pay. Let's pay up. I did not go through the dollar dollars. Did you not? All right. Well, we'll have to collect on those. Well, I got on them. No, I got Wednesday them. Show you got them. I got them. Yeah, we can go through them right now, real quick. All right. All right. Let's we'll um, see. With scores, I mean, you had Philly 33-28. I was one of the few people that picked Philadelphia. I Uh, got the eight in Washington scored. That counts. Scotty's flow. uh, He's in here. Sorry, Scotty. I I can't read my own writing, and I don't remember exactly. Scotty's flow's gate, Lake. Uh, He had Philly 42-28. A lot of people actually had Philly. I'm trying to look at anybody close. Uh, Authentic had, um, or the beard actually had 61-28. Philly was going to (laughs) win. Everybody had high scores. Everybody. Everybody yeah. thought it was going to be a shootout. All right. Dollar, dollar. All right. Let's see how these went. I uh, uh, got the 24 for Philly. Uh, Yam picked Philly 24-21. I'm going to I'm gonna double check you on that, Yam. Scotty, Scotty says he had the 8-2. Yeah. Just ignore the 10s, right? Like, yeah. We'll ignore the 10s on that one. Yam wasn't there. Uh, for Wednesday's show, so I don't. So, think uh, it must have been in the comment section of the yeah. the video. We'll check the timestamp on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stoner says Philly's going to be held under thirty six points. Oh, that is correct. Go. Trevor said it was going to be over. You abstained. Stoner with one there. 
And uh, that's a negative for uh, Trev, right? Yep. Yep. Negative for Trev. Trev said St. Juice was going to have a pick. Nathan and Stoner both said no. All right. Had, had a heck of a game, though. We were we were doing this all game. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. He was real good. He could have had a one or two picks. Stoner and Nathan both said Hertz would have a rushing touchdown, which he did not. He had three passing touchdowns, so Trev won that one. Nathan and Stoner both with a negative on that. Trev said Gibson would have a lost fumble. It's hard to fumble when you barely touch the ball, but <laughs> what what did he uh he ran the ball a total was, of 12 okay. times, yeah. 38 yards, not a great great deal. Yeah, so he not, he did not fumble. Uh Stoner and Nathan both said he would not fumble. Yeah. Trev Trev on the minus there. Um Stoner and Trev both said that Joey Sly would have at least two field goals. Nathan <laughs> said no chance. So Nathan won that. Uh, Nathan said Dotson would have a touchdown. Yeah. And Trev and Stoner will say no. Let uh, me down. Dotson let me down. Oh, Trev got one here. Trev said McLaurin would have at least five catches for 62. I think he had like seven for 102 or something like Who that. Who did? Uh, McLaurin. I think he had like six for 102. Six like for 102. What, yeah, was the, so what was the dollar dollar though? Trev said he'd have at least five for 62. All right, so he got that. So Trev got that. Stoner and Nathan both said no. Wait. Uh, wait no. a minute. Wait a minute. I wouldn't have gone against my man, Terry. Wait a minute. That's not correct. All right. Let's go double. He three. said under. Oh, under. Five so. and 62. And so both Nathan of us and Stoner that. got there that. There we go. I was about to say, I'm not going against my man, Terry. Yeah, right. You know, that jersey signed for a reason. All right? <laughs> I got to get it in case like this one over here. Yeah. Trev was on one this week. Uh, Trev said Washington's defense would have at least two interceptions. I don't even know if they've had one all year. Oh, they did the they uh, did against Lawrence at the yeah. end. Stoner and Nathan both said, no, it's not going to happen. Nathan and Stoner, less than four-plus plays of 40 yards. That one was close. Uh, I don't know is... if it was Washington or Philly, though. It was it was for Phil. I said Washington would hold Philadelphia to less than four explosive plays. Okay, and they did. They they had probably only had like two. They had a forty-five and a forty. They did. AJ Brown had a thirty-eight yard catch. Yeah, but no one else got. Oh, what about uh, no? What about that tight end? Uh, Goddard. His best was the twenty-three. No, that other guy. Galtatera. That's the forty-yarder. Oh, so Galtatera had a forty. Devontae down the middle. The Devontae Smith down the middle, the bomb right before the half. Let me that see. That was definitely 40. Was that the 45 yarder, though? No, the 45 was down the right side on the first drive. We might have to double check there. If he had, Devontae Smith would need three catches of 40 or more yards, though. So I'm pretty confident that it's, it's going to go to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Washington held it. Still, the total would still only be three, right? Yeah. Wait, so, so the tight end, so the A.J. Brown one was only 38? 38. It was right, two right. yards short. <laughs> two yards short. All right, there. let's go yeah, uh, we'll, Nathan we'll, and Stoner again. Positive on oh that one. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Poor Trent. Yeah, that one, that one, man, I, I really thought that the defense was going to be able to maintain, and I was somewhat right. The, the rushing defense did its job. Just not exactly the case here. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the offense just—you can't 
can't. It's an offensive you know, league, man. You hold the other team to 24 points. I don't want to hear about how they let off the gas. You should be able to put points on the board and make them, you know, pay for for letting off the gas there. Yeah, absolutely. Was yeah. that the end of it? Was that That's the last it. one? That's the last one. All right. I got Stoner at one, two, three, four, five, plus five to this week. Trev uh, is one, two, three, four, negative four. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, negative five. And I am at a positive four because I abstained from that first one. So what I'm showing. So what was it again? Uh, What's the totals? You're at plus five, negative five for Trev and plus four for me. I'll have to do a, uh, a weekly count up and get that up there. Yeah. Travis, Travis going with us on the whole mindset. It is a long season. There yeah. is still time to turn it around. Yep. There Washington is. can win this game against Dallas. We'll tell you how this Wednesday. Join us uh, live 730 right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And we'll be sure to get your take on how Washington can win against Dallas. Of course, we'll have Shady Katie with us as well, I believe, is the plan for that yep, one. Absolutely. So always a fun time. And uh, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. We've got a big announcement coming up on our Wednesday show. So big. definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. I might have been giving you a hint every time I've moved around today. Just to watch that video again. So, and until next time, be a fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.